0: in the morning my brothers and sisters in christ how are you today welcome to the sunday edition of saint mark and bimiji's podcast this podcast is sponsored by the selfie toaster toast your visage into toast just in case you forgot what you look like the Sunday edition, as always, is a replay of a sermon from our church or another well Sister Church. It's super handy for when you're on the road, when you're sick, or you're unable to make it the church for one reason or another. Also, maybe you just want to listen to it one more time. Today's sermon continues the series on the topic, The Church That God Wants. Our text for today is found in Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 7 through 11. Son of Man I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. So hear the word I speak, and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade him from his ways, that wicked man will die for his sin, and I will hold you accountable for his blood. But if you do warn the wicked man to turn from his ways, and he does not do so, he will die for his sin, but you will have saved yourself. Son of man, say to the house of Israel, This is what you are saying. Our offenses and sins weigh us down, and we are wasting away because of them. How, then, can we live? Say to them, As surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn! Turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, O house of Israel? And now, we join Pastor Z for today's meditation.
1: There is no one else. There is no one else to flee to for the peace and the forgiveness that we all need. Christ our Lord. Amen. As I pointed out in the children's message just a second ago, a watchman has a great responsibility. As I showed in that picture... You might picture a watchman as somebody standing on a city wall with a horn that they're ready to blow at the first sign of danger. You might think of a job of like a scout in the military or the army who is going out and they're not to engage the enemy at point-blank range, but rather they're to kind of watch the enemy troops and to report back to their commanding officer. A watchman has a great responsibility. I have to imagine that Think about it. It's rather an undesirable job, isn't it? Because do you ever have news that anybody really wants to hear? The enemy's advancing. The city is surrounded. If we go that way, we'll die. Kind of seem to be the constant bearer of bad news. Point is, is a watchman doesn't just watch. They have to, they have a great responsibility that's on them. Unlike normal watchmen, though, believers don't just have a message of bad news for people. We have a message of life. We have a message of forgiveness and peace to share with the world. God tells His prophet Ezekiel in the reading that we just had, Son of man, I've made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them a warning from me. Ezekiel was called to be a prophet. He was called to be a watchman for his people. To say the things that nobody wanted to hear, but the things that they needed to hear. Not his own message, but a message from the Lord. God said, When I say to the wicked, You wicked person, you will surely die and you do not speak out to dissuade them from their ways that wicked person will die for their sins and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the wicked person to turn from their ways and they do not do so, they will die for their sin, though you yourself will be saved. So the picture there I think is kind of self-explanatory. If you read the theme paragraph that's in your, um, uh, in your bulletin for today, there's kind of the illustration. If you uh, walk outside your house and you see your neighbor's place burning down in the middle of the night, you're not concerned with waking them up. Oh, that's bad news. I'm afraid I'll hurt their feelings if I tell them that they're about to lose all the, all the things. No, it's ridiculous. You wouldn't say that. You would go over there, you'd pound on the door as loud as you can and warn them that their house is on fire. You don't worry about how they're going to react to, to losing the things that they've got. You want them to live. You want to call them out. And you go back to Ezekiel's call as prophet. And the Lord tells uh, Ezekiel, if you if you go all the way back, he tells Ezekiel that he's being called to serve a stubborn and hard hearted people. Ezekiel was in a tough spot. He had to call he was called to share a message that his people didn't really want to hear because the armies of Babylon were on the move. And you know, maybe you remember that story from Sunday school when Babylon moved in and they conquered Jerusalem. And it kind of seems like it was just like a one-off deal. But it wasn't. It really happened over the course of many years. Uh, Babylon slowly moved into the area, just encroached in bit by bit by bit. And even then, God sends His prophet Ezekiel to say, tell them to turn. Turn back to Me. Why? Well, because Israel had put their trust in their own prince's in their own kings. They put their trust in their own money and their own ability to solve their own problems. Pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. We'll get ourselves out of this, they said. We can do it. They made various political deals with countries around them and they all fell through. And it was an utter and complete mess. They were the makers of their own bed, so to speak. Nobody wanted to hear Ezekiel's message. Babylon will come in. They will destroy the city. Turn back to the Lord. Why will you die, O people of Israel? Turn to them. Say to them, As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, people of Israel? I've mentioned this in sermons before, but maybe one of the greatest issues was uh, for one of the greatest sins of ancient Israel in the time of Ezekiel was that they they had their their sacrifices had ceased to be reminders of the promised savior. God said that a savior is going to come through you, this is what he's going to be, like the picture of the lamb without blemish or defect. That's what the sacrifices were for, to foreshadow Christ, but they had turned them into bargaining chips. The spiritual house of Israel was on fire. They were behaving like pagans. And Ezekiel was called to warn them against their own hearts because nobody wanted to believe it. Yes, Ezekiel was a watchman called not to just stand back and watch. He was called to speak. But that message that even Ezekiel had, that message of God's Word, that's not just for called prophets like Ezekiel. It's not for Jesus' apostles who He sent out. That's not even just for pastors. That's for all of us. We've all been given the responsibility as watchmen. God has called each and every one of us out of darkness and into His light. Enlightened us by the Holy Spirit and His Scriptures. God's grace gives gives us this blessed privilege, really, of being responsible Christians. Our gracious God wants not only us as His saved believers, but as He puts through the pen of St. Paul, this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So as Christians, we are watchmen with a responsibility. Not just to stand back and watch, but rather to share. To share the Gospel message. We might look at it sometimes. Be tempted to look at it sometimes as a responsibility that we don't really want, because we're not so anxious to point out the faults of others, or the sins of others, or the way that he or she has sinned. We don't really want to do that. But pay attention to what what uh, what Ezekiel says, because there's a strategy that's in this text that's just glaring and apparent. He says, Son of man, say to the Israelites, this is what you are saying. Not your offenses. Our offenses. Our offenses and sins weigh us down and we are wasting away because of them. Our sins. Our offenses. This isn't just somebody standing on a street corner screaming out saying, you're all damned! The end is nigh! That's not what we're called to do. This, is, uh, this, this message that we have is a message that points to each and every one of our deep needs need for a Savior. To do some introspection. To not just stand there and watch the world burn, so to speak, but keep a watch on our own sinful hearts. Like David did in Psalm 32 the words that we just sang not too long ago. He said, "When I was silent, my bones wasted away within me, and your hand was heavy upon me. Then I turned to the Lord, and for- and he forgave me." All believers are watchmen. And if you think about it, if we don't warn, who will? If we don't speak God's message, who will? I'd say that uh, you know you turn on the TV today, you watch the news, you listen to the radio, nobody is interested, and I don't care where you stand, nobody's really interested anymore in the truth, even if they ever were, on any aspect. Nobody wants to call each other out, but rather it's all about affirming, isn't it? Affirming somebody in their lifestyle, affirming somebody that they're happy, that sort of thing, being okay with it. Nobody wants to warn anymore. Nobody wants to be a watchman. The world isn't going to do it. We are called to do this. And here's a practical example. Um, I heard this the other day. I thought it was really good. As a people, as human beings, we are hardwired to worship stuff. Aren't we? From the moment that we draw breath, and I'm not just talking about, um, you know, I'm just talking about like going to church or something like that. We're hardwired to worship things. What is it going to be? It's not a matter of whether or not you worship. It's rather what you worship. So if you don't worship that which is really divine, what will you worship? Yourself? Your own ideas? Money? Power? Possessions? Sex? It's not a matter of if you will worship. It's what you will worship because we all worship. We all ascribe worth to something. If We don't know what is really, truly divine. If we don't have access to that. Everything else is primal. We worship power. Worship money. Tangible things that can fade and spoil its foolishness. It all becomes primal. Base. Instinctual. We're hardwired to worship. If we don't worship that which is truly, truly divine, we're not really worshiping. Our our hearts are not in the right place. It's a matter of keeping a watch on our own hearts. It's a matter of being able to stand back and say, yeah, as a Christian, I know I have God's Word. This ain't my message. This isn't just pastor's message or whatever he wants to speak about on any given Sunday. This is the Word of God. And I know that. I know who the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are. I know who my Jesus is and what He has done for me. I know He has called me out of darkness. I know He has brought me to this light like we just brought Robert into the waters of baptism this morning. We get to see these miracles. He comes to us in the sacrament of Holy Communion. He comes to us in His Word as He says... Wherever two or three gather together in my name, there I am with them. We know these wonderful truths. We have such a blessed message. So, the attitude that we have sometimes of of not wanting to take that responsibility as a watchman and to share it with those that we love and care about that are in our lives, it's really kind of silly. Because we have a message that's akin to the same one that, that, that Ezekiel said Why will you die, Israel? Why will you die? There's no need. There's no need. We are watchmen who are called not to just sit back and let things go how they are. We're watchmen that are called to speak. Watchmen that are called to share God's Word. As as another watchman in the Old Testament put it, rend your heart and not your garment. Return to the Lord your God for He's gracious and compassionate, slow to anger. And abounding in love. What a wonderful thing to know. And no matter our sin or our transgression, though it might weigh heavy on us, there's no need for us to do that. We have a place to turn back to. We know the way out. Though the house is on fire, we know where the exit is. Uh, one of, I was just talking last night to one of our members and a dear friend of many of yours, uh, Leonard Newell. Um, he's in the, in the hospital right now. And um, uh, he's actually um, awaiting a lung transplant, um, uh, which is incredible news. But at any rate, I was speaking to him last night before he knew any of this, and and one of the things uh, that came out was, you know, there he is, and he said, you know, Pastor, I really don't care which way this goes. Either way, I'm going to live. <laughs> you know, uh, either I'm going to walk out of here on my own two feet, or I'll look, I'll open my eyes, and I'll see my Savior. Either way, I'm going to live, and you know, it just I, I said, yeah, cling to that, Leonard, because think about how many people, maybe in the same hospital that you're in, don't have it. And he said, "If it were not for my faith, I wouldn't have made it through any of this." You know, and and there he is, you know, even in on the razor's edge, next to death, so close, but yet he's able to speak of life, and peace, and forgiveness, and hope, and eternity in the face of everything that seems so finite. Yeah, we're watchmen that are called not to just watch, but to speak. Because I can't imagine being somebody who doesn't have faith and being in such a situation. I can't imagine what somebody must think or feel. We have such a blessed message to share. Such a wonderful place to turn to. You Think about what Jesus said. Um, he this can have such blessed results. We heard him in the gospel just a moment ago. He said, um, "He said if your brother or sister sins against you, so if somebody does something wrong against you, or you see something doing somebody doing wrong, what are you to do? Go and speak to them one on one. If your brother or sister listens to you, you've what? You've won them over. Full stop. That's it." The Lord tells us that that sort of thing happens. It's not always met with just abject rejection. It fills us with confidence, knowing that that wherever we speak, whenever we are called to speak or to share the gospel, there's the Lord with us. Even though it may be a really hard thing to say, or to say to a friend, or to a spouse, or to a child, the Lord is with you. He's there. We have a message of life. We have a message of peace. We are God's watchmen, and our message is first and foremost the message of grace and forgiveness. There's no need for people to sit there and beat themselves up continually over past sins and guilt. There's no people to sit there and wonder where they stand in the eyes of the Almighty. There's no need for people to hypothesize who the true God is, what really is divinity. There's no, people, there's no need for people to sit back and wonder, what happens when I die? We have it all in the Word. It's all in God's Word spelled out clearly in the face of Christ in His life, His words, and His work. And then you and I, along with all the prophets of old, have been called and given God's Word to speak and to share. We're called to be watchmen who don't just watch, but rather share the message of the Gospel to the ends of the earth, even if the ends of the earth is your own home, your own workplace. We, wa- we as watchmen don't just watch but we speak. Amen.
0: We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine Services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday School and Adult Bible Study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you're cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and his word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org. by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day.
1: Child, I gladly say it. I am baptized into he, because I could not pay it, gave my full redemption price. brought me salvation free, lasting to eternity. Hey there, parents. Are you on the lookout for a fantastic school in the Bemidji area that embraces Christian values? Well, look no further. Introducing St. Mark's Christian Day School, where education meets faith in an extraordinary way. At St. Mark's, we get it. We understand that your child's education should be rooted in God, compassion, and unwavering faith. Our experienced team of dedicated educators are here to provide a top-notch education to students in grades K-8 through that nourishes the mind, heart, and soul. With small class sizes and a personalized approach, we create a safe and dynamic environment where your child can explore the God-given talents and excel academically. Our teachers integrate biblical principles throughout the day, ensuring your child grows into a compassionate and morally grounded individual. Our students are also able to participate in extracurricular activities with the Bemidji School District. For more information about St. Mark's Day School, call John at 218-444-3939 or at principal at stmarksbemidji.org.